my biggest struggle was realizing how little like self-trust I had built in ah, just mm, believing I can accomplish. I, I mean, like this applies to like self-trust applies to anything and everything, food and nutrition, it's body and movement, it's work, you know, all of those things. And so I've always felt like my relationship with food and movement was good or good enough. And man, that band-aid was super ripped off. You're listening to Rebel Heart Radio, hosted by nutritional therapist Cassie Knavel and professional esthetician and makeup artist Genevieve Blair. A lifestyle podcast about clean living, making money, and badass people that inspire us endlessly. We created this podcast to walk through the tough moments of life with you, inspire you to live more intentionally, and frankly, because we like to talk. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure to catch our weekly episode and subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you have iTunes, we would be forever grateful for your review on our podcast. Let's get to our latest episode. The materials and content within this podcast are for general information and educational purposes only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Rebel Heart Radio. Hello, Jen and I are back in action, just the two of us this week, and we're very excited for it. Um, and we're just going to catch up with each other and with you and talk all things quarantine bizarro land that we're in. <laughs> what a, what a, seriously, bizarro. What a I haven't weird, used that it, word yet. I know. It's a weird Gobbledygook. Use that Gobbledy- word a lot. <laughs> but not bizarre. What is that even from? I don't even know. I don't even from. know. I don't even know if I made it up or if it's from something. <laughs> it's just, it just feels right when I say it because it just... I don't know. I think it feels like a Disney movie. <laughs> yeah, right? It's called gobbledygook. <laughs> Which probably is why it feels right for you. Probably. Probably. Oh, my goodness. Unapologetically. I adore you. I adore you. <laughs> How is quarantine going for your family, lady? It's it's um, it's a lot of adjustment in roller coaster world because we all don't get a break from each other. We got schoolwork to do. You know, I'm still trying to run my businesses. My parents are both still working from home. It's just, there's just a lot to manage. We're okay, though. I mean, really, life is good. I can't complain. I feel incredibly privileged and safe and happy and healthy. Um, It's, there's just, I feel like I have the opportunity to be tuned in more so than I ever have Mm. because I'm being forced into it. (laughs) (laughs) which is good in some ways because that's a lot of my weakness is just not taking that time to slow down and like tune in but I I found that there's definitely moments where my husband's starting to intuitively see what's going on with me and he's like like yesterday he's like how are you doing like he just stopped me in the middle of the hallway and hugged me and was like I just I can feel you stressing out (laughs) and I was like yeah, he goes, it's just, he goes, it's, I can, and literally I was talking tasks. I was talking about things that I needed to accomplish for the day. And I just wanted him to recognize and know where I was. And sometimes that communication is really helpful because there's just so many, it's difficult to know what everybody's trying to do, 
you know, throughout the day because everybody's got different things to do. And um, and he paused and was just like, I can feel you stressing. And I was like, well, I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay. (laughs) I never like to admit when I'm stressing, but Josh always knows. Yeah. It's like like they know us after 15 years or something. Weird. So weird. Weird. It's odd. It's kind of what we've been (laughs) hoping for. I mean, I don't know about you or working towards like. (laughs) I feel like, you know, marriage and family therapists have to be like raking it in right now if they offer like telehealth services. Yeah. Because (laughs) man, when, when Lucia said the band, like quarantine is like ripping the bandaid off in last week's episode, I was just like mind blown such a good way to describe Mm -hmm. that and it so is I think you know you and I have been talking about like having to communicate differently and better in our marriages through this time because we're being forced to be together all the time so you know and we're not not working (laughs) yeah Genevieve has, has Sky home with her and I've got Josh home um, and Josh is trying to, to work as well, but there's a little more flex to it, which is really interesting because there's usually zero flex to like a teaching job. You go yeah, no kidding. teach. Nine to, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so there's some, there's lots of benefits. Like it's really nice to have them home. It's really nice to be able to share more of like the household duties and the parenting with them. And that's all well and good. And then also you're having to share your space all day that you're used to having just to yourself all day which has been a challenge to say the least i did not realize how much of a bubble i had Mm -hmm. and and there's different points in my life when i've realized i've had this physical proximity bubble that because i'm such a lovey person but dude like when i had kids i realized like skyler could home from work and i'd be like okay i am touched out like I love you but which is hard because one of his love languages is um physical touch and I was just like I had to learn to like deal with that because I was just like touched out mm-hmm. and I'm especially when they're little moments. little they're just yeah. all up in your business and my kiddos are six and ten and they're not they're really touchy-feely little kids they and really are yeah they're really touchy-feely and I <laughs> I've never like, had other people's kids hug me more and love on me more than your children. I I know. I'm like, that did not come from me. Okay. Like, <laughs> that came from Skylar. Like, it was one of those. And during this quarantine, I've had to be like, like, I've had to teach when is a good moment to touch me, you know, mm. and like grab me and hold me. Because like when I'm cooking, not a good time. Oh. I love you. Get out of my kitchen. Like, <laughs> just like. When I'm holding a knife at a cutting board and Josh comes Mm-mm. over, to, I'm like, I swear, if I cut my finger just because you're trying to give me a damn hug, I'm going to murder you with this knife. Do you like, realize I am doing, I'm whisking right now, okay? Like, I will spill everywhere if you touch me. Oh, gosh. Oh. I try not to take things too seriously, but I Same. we have had this conversation, too. I'm like, this is not the time to come up behind me and give me a, this is not a rom-com. They aren't <laughs> pretending to cook. While they're getting a hug from behind while you're making waffles. This isn't cute. I don't want to burn myself. I was like, chefs and artists are like, don't touch me when I'm doing my stuff. Like that whole <laughs> yeah. like getting behind someone on a, like a ceramics wheel. I'm like that. No. Okay. Okay. Coming <laughs> like, from somebody whose husband's a sculptor. Yes. I'm just like, don't get like, don't ruin my workflow. Don't touch me. Like this is, do you know how long it took me to make this? Like, 
Oh gosh. Anyway, I was like, so I'm, I'm just I, like, it's just this weird place of like, I, I have these regular moments of like, like Monday, I, I, I was walking around my back porch because we've been doing a ton of gardening, like getting our backyard up and running and gardening going. And I had this moment of like sheer, like privilege, abundance. Like I just felt like, could this be any more wonderful? And then yesterday I was like, don't touch me. Like, <laughs> three like two days later i was just like oh i need some alone time like i don't know and i'm not guys i'm not even pmsing this is not part of my cycle at this moment this is true pure feelings this is not hormone induced and i'm just i think that is the quintessential quarantine experience for me is like hour by hour check-in day by day how am i feeling how can i accurately communicate that i think that's why i was so i went into this Uh, like in home shelter situation with so much trepidation because that is what I've been learning how to do because I haven't allowed myself to do that like I don't know myself I'm getting there I'm like in a really great place where I'm getting there and I'm realizing how I'm not communicating my needs or Mm -hmm. like knowing my needs to communicate but man when this when this hit I was just I went okay I went from training wheels to jet fuel like okay here we go like because the last thing I want is to impose like my issues on everyone else while they've got their own issues they're dealing with in quarantine. That was such a two thing to say, but you know what I mean? <laughs> I just, I just don't want to like, I'd rather just like ugh, cocoon in my own space. And I mean, it's to the point where like, I don't even have alone space in my studio anymore because my husband is now like being commissioned to make knives for people. Like he's got time and space. And so he's building that and his workspace is right there yeah like five feet from my studio yes and so i've now i have to like i don't i can't just go disappear to the studio anymore it's like hey i've scheduled time i'm sorry i know you really want to finish this knife but you cannot turn on that power tool while i'm recording the podcast yeah I never had to deal with that before. I had utter freedom to record one like in much wider space anyway so i'm like uh, but but at the same time, I'm having also these like amazing feelings of abundance where I'm so grateful that well, even though my husband doesn't have a job, we're okay right now. Like it's okay. I know I you know as much as it's kind of scary to think about possibilities of the future of like we don't really know. <laughs> that's kind of scary. But I'm choosing to think very present and try to live very in the moment because that's the only way I can really like feel any sense of joy and happiness is like living now like right this second I don't know if you've been experiencing that like do you have do you have any like coping mechanisms for finding daily joy (laughs) or is it just me (laughs) you know I don't know if it's like I'm not like a I'm seeking joy person (laughs) you know what I mean like I'm like practically it's probably a good idea for me to do this Um, it's been a, it's been interesting. I, I'm struggling not getting enough alone time. And I think, I think one of the hard parts for me again is I get so disconnected from my feelings that Mm. I really struggle to know when I need that time. And it's like, Josh will often recognize it either before me Mm-hmm. Or I recognize it and it's like too late and I'm already like lashing out or, <laughs> oh, <laughs> or in that like, don't touch me space or something like that. Yep. Um, and it's been, 
just I mean he's so good about seeing that and and giving me space when I need it but there's really not anywhere to go I mean we are still we're still using our house cleaners which is a huge blessing they are taking crazy good um uh you know measures to make sure that they're not passing anything or getting anything themselves because I mean they're the ones who are really at risk because they're going into other people's homes and cleaning their homes Mm -hmm. and so they're like changing gloves and all sorts of different areas of the house and like I I mean it's amazing and we've just been taking some extra precautions ourselves so we take like our antibacterial cleaner and we put it outside and we use it on the keypad and we use it on the doorknob and like all these things to kind of like cover their tracks but I didn't have to clean my 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 bathtub or my sinks or anything it was beautiful but we I mean it was this last Tuesday and we both like we looked at each other and we were like where do we go there's nowhere to go because <laughs> yeah. we're not we're actively actually not going to like even grocery stores we're doing grocery delivery right now um and we're being very careful because if my mom gets this it's not going to be good mm-hmm. and so and we're quarantining kind of with her and my brother so that we can have childcare with my mom yeah as we navigate this thing which Some is semblance of normalcy which again i feel it feels so privileged like that feels like such a huge gift i think it's really hard when you're going through something like this to feel like you're allowed to also be frustrated when yeah. you're also grateful and yeah. and you can have both you know you can recognize your privilege you can be grateful for for you know being i like i'm so grateful i can work from home i literally have a work from anywhere job that has grown a mm-hmm. lot since mm-hmm. this thing started yeah. i mean we've added yes, <laughs> we've added 45 people to my beauty counter team in the last 45 days hello that's a lot of people <laughs> that's crazy that mm-hmm. is crazy and i mean it just it just just is a, a you know a testament to the fact that that's a job that you can you can start from scratch and grow something and make money right away which is amazing so I'm, I'm really grateful to have that opportunity and be able to work from home anyway. I mean, like, you know, a lot of people are like, well, my reality hasn't changed that much. And I'm like, well, yeah, it has. Well, like, you're literally living out global trauma right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. And so I think the thing I feel most, you know, frustrated with, again, is not getting that alone time and really not having, I don't feel the permission to even ask for it because not that I usually am a person who asks for any permission. <laughs> You're just like, it's mine. Thank but you. I, you know, every, everybody's feeling that way and not just mm-hmm. everybody in our periphery, but like everybody in my home is feeling that way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think little man is craving a lot more time with us, which is really interesting because we still have childcare and we've maintained that. But it's the same childcare every single day, and that wasn't the case before. He was going to preschool. He was going to my other, to my in-laws' house, which we can't do right now. And um, yeah, it's just been—I mean, he's kind of feeling that monotony that mm, like yeah. all the days are the same. <laughs> yeah, gosh. and uh, that's a real mind exercise. Yeah, and actually, well, a fun, really, really fun update: we're getting our puppy in two weeks. <gasps> Oh, I knew it was coming, but I didn't know yeah. when. Exactly. So by the time this episode airs, the next day we'll be getting our puppy. Oh my gosh, um, that's so exciting. So puppy pickup is on May 6th and we're so excited. And I, it's just going to shake things up in the best way. I mean, kind of require yeah. us to get outside more, you know, rain or shine, to play. 
and I'm going to have to take breaks from work to like care for this puppy and thank goodness yeah. we're going to have it while Josh is also home with me. Like that was yeah. not originally going to be the case. This was going to be like the <laughs> Cassie raises the puppy show, <clears throat> which clearly I want a dog pretty bad or another dog pretty bad because, um, <laughs> Normally, I would not sign myself up for something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's that's a lot. It's, it's like it's like you know maybe like a puppy. Woo! A tenth of the effort of having a baby, but it feels the same. Where you're like getting yeah. up in the middle of the night and you're like teething. Could you, and could you eat any more? And you're chewing <laughs> on everything in my house and you know things like that. So oh man. Anyways, and I keep I I feel like I'm already leaning into paisley who is our 10 year old chocolate lab and just telling her like hey i'm really sorry but your world is about to be just effed really like sorry. you're gonna really hate us oh, man. and be, she's been an only dog her whole life so oh, oh that's gonna be interesting so anyways it'll be yeah we don't have a lot of ways to kind of change life right now in the rhythm of life just yeah you know and so we're I'm everything really, blends together i love change so i'm really yeah. excited to have that and kind of shake things up a little bit so that'll be fun my kids are dying they want because we live in a really um like a fluent neighborhood of like really big walkways like and outside our back porch or like our backyard is um a really straight long walkway on either side of the street so we see tons of people going for walks it's been actually really wonderful see people on bikes and um walking and with families like big groups of families like it's mm-hmm. been really kind of cool yeah. um but lots of dogs and my kids are like look at that dog look at that dog <laughs> <laughs> like they just they want a dog so bad they would take a cat even but that's not gonna happen I we got too many allergies in our house but little man do. was like well we could get a cat and i was like no dude this we're not backing out this is hundreds of dollars we've already picked the dog we're not getting a cat we have two barn cats that basically live on our porch those are Uh your cats i know our neighbor cat is our cat essentially they actually brought us a dead mouse the other day and i'm like look we're in we're in the club we we're in yeah tried to come in our house yesterday the barn kitties on our property are killing probably at least a mouse a day wow together yeah it's a, it's impre- it's an impressive operation they're t- they're doing their job that's like doing what barn job. that was what barn kitties are supposed to do mostly yeah so we had cats growing up just for that reason because we had acreage and we had a shop and yeah we had cats they were they were well fed <laughs> they were well, well fed. josh isn't happy because they leave, keep leaving mouse heads in the garden <laughs> <laughs> he's like i don't want these I Thanks. don't no get thanks. out of here. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that might be a little, a little different kind of TMI for the podcast. <laughs> a homesteading TMI. Oh, man. oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, I think it's been an interesting time to like try and manage. And I think a lot of, it seems like a lot of what's coming up for you. And I think everybody is like this conversation around setting boundaries and creating like mm-hmm. real work hours for yourself. Like, how's that going for you guys? Yeah, it's, it's going really well, which is kind of funny for me because I've tried setting business hours before and I did, but, um, I found that it was very challenging because I needed every day to be kind of flexible. And so now what I've done is I've just set really pretty broad business hours, um, three days a week. And then the two other days a week are the my flexibility and instead of making every day flexible or every day rigid I was able to find a lot more um peace around that I guess you could say because 
I know that like like computer tasks and editing and things like that can happen on the rigid days that I have scheduled. But then my open flex days are things like coaching calls that pop up and all these things that are um, or things that I want to do, like making videos or like I can I can add that flexibility in. Um, and it's been really lovely to set that boundary and feel heard mm. and not argued with or like you know like I think it's because I didn't do a very good job of setting up the expectation of what that boundary was I wasn't communicating the need for it it was just hey I'm doing this but there wasn't a lot of understanding around what it was for and why I needed it and why it was important it was you know, because I'm married to a five, you guys. <laughs> like, information is important. Data is important. Like, those things matter a lot. And I was the, I'm like the ultimate bad communicator when it comes to that. I kind of just, and it's not that I expected him to just know, but that's how I was acting. I was acting like I expected him to just know. And so, knowing myself a lot better now and walking into this um, shelter in place with a little trepidation, I knew that I needed to over communicate and it probably was just the right amount of communication. <laughs> Not even what felt like over communicating to me felt like the right amount of information. And so it's been lovely. Like I, I set business hours on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and we have school hours for the kids and he's running school Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. And we have this really beautiful flow where um, I'm the communicator through all of the school emails <laughs> And it's um, we haven't we decided not to transfer that over. We didn't transfer it over to his email. We just kept it on mine. So what I do is I get daily. They have this thing. My kid's school has this thing where they do kind of like the news and instead of and they would show it every morning. But instead of doing that at school, they now um, show it through the email and like a YouTube link. And so we watch um, we watch the news every morning and I set it up. Uh-huh. And it plays. It's like under 10 minutes and it helps them feel connected to their school. And it sets up this beautiful boundary of like it's time instead of me feeling like I have to bark at everyone to make sure that they're because the thing That's that was awesome. hard for me as I felt like I was having to be like, okay, let's go. Okay, grab your books. Okay. Okay. How many other ways can I say this? It's now time, you know, and yeah, now sure I can just say alone in that. Uh, I, it's just been really lovely to set up these boundaries of like transition times, like this is how we transition to this. This is how I transition to that. And so once I get them set up, I start the news. I make sure that um, all of the technology stuff is set up for them. And then my husband pulls up I, the daily tasks for the day for the kids. And then I go, peace. And I, I, I go to the garage. Like I get in my studio or I go upstairs or I get physically away and it's been a really beautiful thing for me because I've never, any sort of boundaries I've given has been convenient for everyone but me. Mm. You know, like yes. I've always set up things that make sense because my kids aren't home. So I can set that boundary. My mm-hmm. husband's working. I can set that boundary. And now everybody's here. <laughs> um, and I think it's been good, too, because I think now my family can see how much I actually work. Because before they just weren't home, like they didn't see what I was doing every day. Yeah, you know? I think that's been an that's probably an interesting thing happening in a lot of households. And I don't want to like perpetuate a gender stereotype or anything like that. But when it comes to a lot of you know the household tasks and parenting things, a lot of those defaults end up falling on mama. Um, yeah, and 
you know, for me, like I'm a working mom, so there's more balance in my house than in a lot of, you know, for a lot of other folks. And it depends on if you're a stay-at-home mom or whatever. Like I'm not a stay-at-home mom. I'm just not. Yeah. And so it's been interesting. Josh has had many like observational moments where he was kind of like oh. sat back and was like, wow, like you get a lot done between the hours of blank and blank. <laughs> You're or, like, uh-huh. I or he was, he's been very interested in the fact that like, I have to have the house picked up in order to work because yeah. it's like, we live in 700 square feet. I can't have some massive mess next to me and try to ignore it. Mm-hmm. I can't do Cause that. Cause it's, it's there. It is still there. Um, and I have to look at, like, I was getting the space kind of cleaned up before we started recording the podcast. And he was like, are you, are people going to see that on video or something? Like, I'm like, no, it's just Genevieve. I don't care if she sees my messy house. I can't handle it. Like I need things to be picked up. And so he also was kind of commenting on how much housework that I get done in in a day too. Mm -hmm. And I was like, go time. Thank you. Like (laughs) you just feel bad. You feel validated, you know, (laughs) not that you need to. No, it's been incredibly validating for me because I know that my kiddos and my husband, they know that I do stuff like I've communicated that with words so many times, but there's just something about deep learning and deep like the connecting all the dots when they see it and they see how much I'm doing and they're just like, okay, okay, that makes sense. So, I mean, for me, it's the business hours has been amazing and and it's been eye-opening for me because I think that this quarantine has taught me a lot about what um wasn't working for me before and how that how I'm going to carry on differently after this. Yeah. Um even when things are back to quote-unquote normal, which that's going to be an interesting thing. I don't know when that's going to be. I think that's the thing I have the most anxiety about is not knowing. You know like when when do we get to start re-entering the world and Mm -hmm. being social or anything I mean if we're trying to protect my mom like this is going to be a while yeah before the what ifs are so big the what ifs are very big and you know I it's eventually yeah you're gonna have to start just taking precautions as you kind of re-enter the world Um, But we're in an interesting place where, you know, we live in an area where we are rural enough that we don't have a bunch of people around us, but Mm -hmm. we can still get grocery delivery, which is miracle of miracles. Amazing. Um, And we are spending extra money on that for sure. I've been like really cracking up at all of the memes around that are like gas, zero (laughs) dollars, going out to eat, zero (laughs) dollars. grocery store five thousand seven hundred dollars like <laughs> yeah, that's how it feels and I think yeah. I was talking to Josh about this too like I think it feels like we're spending more on groceries too and we are a little bit but not that much more mm-hmm. um because we can't do the shopping around that we used to do we would go to all yeah. these different places and I was like and babe you're seeing all of it you never see this you don't see when In I go to chunk. Costco yeah yeah yeah. You don't yeah. see when I go to Costco. You don't see when I stop by, you know, Fred Meyer here and there and whatever. So it's been, it's definitely been, we've had a lot of really interesting like financial conversations around mm. like resetting budgets and getting kind of excited about, you know, we're, we're right now we're all like physically hunkering down and we are both like, Hey, let's hunker down and, um, and pay off some more debt and, and be more intentional about this. So we've had a lot of really good conversations and you know like just referencing back again to Lucia saying like ripping the band-aid off I think so much of 
that for me has actually been really personal like Mm -hmm. not marriage like marriage is good we've definitely had to amp up our communication I need to advocate for myself when I need time to you know by myself but he's good about seeing that and you know we've had to get good at communication after like you know nearly falling apart in our marriage at year seven and then kind of rebuilding it since then but my biggest struggle was realizing how little like self-trust I had built in Ah, just mm, believing I can accomplish I I mean like this applies to like self-trust applies to anything and everything it's you know it's it's food and nutrition it's body and movement it's work you know all of those things and so I uh, I've always felt like my relationship with food and movement was good or good enough and man that band-aid was super ripped off and the interesting (laughs) part for me was and Josh made this observation he's like you do this when we go camping too like I I like to make sure that we go grocery shopping and we prep tons of food when we go camping Mm -hmm. because I don't want to be left without options that I know are like healthy and nourishing for me Mm mm-hmm And it's not like getting toward orthorexia. It's more so getting toward a place of freedom. Well, free. I'm, I want choice, right? Which is really Mm -hmm. important to me. But what's really happening is it's like a food scarcity issue. Like I'm afraid we're not going to have what we need. And you should have seen me, you should have seen me grocery shopping before this thing fully went down. Like I was buying things I wouldn't normally buy because I was like, well, we need this. And I, we weren't hoarding. Like it wasn't, you know, we weren't, con- I, I re- was like, I refuse to contribute to the hoarding. The grocery yeah. industry is going to continue to be fine. Um, yeah. And if you did feel like you needed to hoard, like I, or, you know, stock up, if we want to say that nicely, no judgment. Like it's, you know, everybody's got their own way of dealing with things. And so anyways, yeah, I just noticed myself like really, and then getting stressed out when things got low like yeah I'm like I bought more potatoes than I think I have in years <laughs> we're eating a lot of potatoes yeah <laughs> so anyways I have um I I kind of I decided to jump into a coaching program myself that I'm consuming which is beautiful because I'm used to doing all the coaching oh, um, and I've been talking about it on my Instagram stories a little bit but I'm doing the lean and liberated program with Lucia Holly oh, I love who that was on the so podcast much. last week and um, it I already feel like I've gotten the value for what I will be paying in my my six months of payments <laughs> for this program oh that's lovely and it's just been really eye-opening and so much more of the conversation and of course it's Lucia right so so much more of the conversation around losing weight and getting lean and you know getting what you want what it is that you want right which for me is is to lean out for sure and that's been a huge struggle for me it's it's hard for me to even talk about it on the podcast like I'm yeah. you guys vulnerability not yeah, something personal I like yeah. very mm-hmm. much at all and doing her program already, there's a journaling practice. And you guys know, man, I'm not I'm not the journaling type. I have journaled at periods in my life when I was asked to for a program I participated in. But I've never had like a daily journaling practice that I kept up with or that I felt like was really effective. And I've played with a million different kind of, you know, avenues and Um, I really like what Lucia has set up for the daily journaling practice. And the interesting part is there's a fasting element too. So there's, we're doing some intermittent fasting. 
Um, mm. But there's no parameters around like how you're eating or anything. And it's very interesting. Wow. I mean, it's so valuable what she's doing with like the group coaching and what she's teaching in that community. And like none of this is new information for me, right? Like I, yeah. I know all about like the science behind fasting. I have done all sorts of different kinds of fasting myself. It works really well for me. I really like it. Um, but the consistency piece in everything that I do is very difficult for me mm. and I need accountability. I'm an obliger. I'm like, I need someone to answer to. And, you know, we've talked a lot about that when it comes to movement for me, but you know, same when it kind of comes to nutrition. And I think the most frustrating part for me is I think so much of this is mental, so much yeah. more emotional and mental than it is physical for me. And yeah. just like sloughing off this extra physical but emotional weight and letting things go. Mm-hmm. And there's just been, I mean, just even in the last week, like things have been unearthed that I was like, cool. Okay. Uh, okay. We'll just go back to therapy. Oh, wait. I can't go to her <laughs> office right now. <laughs> like, oh, does she not do uh, virtual? Yeah. I mean, we're working on it, but it's, it was just, it was. <laughs> You're going to need it right now. <laughs> yeah. It was, I mean, and you know what? Like that's where, you know, you need, you need to be doing that work when, yeah, when it kind of unearths and, and Lucia always says like, it's triggering in a good way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's never, been, you can't plan for it. It just like that kind of stuff just, just rears its head whenever, whenever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So anyways, it's been, it's been an interesting, lots of personal things kind of coming up for me and having to adjust and actually really show up for myself in a big way and create some self-trust with a lot of routine. And, it, you know, routine is not something I thought was like this tool to build self-trust like you know I trust myself to like get shit done that's and that's pretty much about it you know what I mean like I don't have a lot of self-trust built out for the longevity of like my health or wellness my physical fitness um uh, all sorts of different things and so self-trust in different categories is definitely a thing yes yeah yeah And so, yeah, it's been interesting. Mm. I'm trying to turn everything that I'm doing into a practice that's sustainable. And everything Mm. that Lucia teaches is so much more about sustainable wellness and awareness in your body. And and it's so good. And that feels so appropriate, like sustainability behind something. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So um, it's we're we are unfucking my mind. Yes, yes, yes and anti-dieting myself and I you know it's interesting every time I've attempted to lean out and successfully leaned out I've absolutely used some sort of diet you know Mm -hmm. some sort of restriction um, some sort of parameters etc and it's exhausting to just keep getting stuck in that loop and and not even the loop of the action of how you're eating but the thought process behind it of if I'm dieting and I'm doing it well, I'm good. If I'm not dieting, then I'm failing. Or if I'm not dieting well, then I'm failing. So mm. there's a lot more options for failure, I feel like, than success. And it's a, it's a really tough like thought loop to get into. So anyways, that's my band-aid that's been ripped off is my relationship with food, which is, again, so hard for me to talk about. Like, let me just be really real right now. It's very hard for me to talk about because, you know, you get your, you get, education and nutrition and you're supposed to like have your shit together right or be above all of this stuff and like guess what we're all freaking humans like we're not above it 
and we all we all ebbs and flows life changes and I think that's the thing that a lot of people don't give grace about for themselves is that life changes and so your circumstances like your environment like things change so much in so many regards and it seems a lot of times it's not as drastic as we're going through right now Mm -hmm. like oh hey we're in a quarantine like how unusual is that you know and most of the time life changes are slow they're they're a little bit at a time and so mm-hmm. before you know it you just kind of have all of a sudden morphed into this new situation that you didn't it just kind of happened it's slow happened and so it's difficult to know when to give yourself a little grace or yeah. get to know yourself a little bit differently in mm-hmm. that situation and it's more of like you look back and you go oh, okay I can see where that moment was but when you're in that moment it's like you got to give yourself a little bit of grace when you're especially when you're trying to change anything anywhere in any way mm-hmm. and, and change is about like cumulative daily actions tiny mm-hmm. little things that we're doing this is the same thing we've been talking about with the business stuff you know mm-hmm. it's about cumulative daily actions in your business and just as like lucia was talking about of course she's a business coach and she does obviously like fat loss coaching and you know, in both of those, the conversation is around like when you build self-trust in this one area, you're building it in every area of your life because you're proving to yourself that you can rely on what you said you were going to do. It's just about doing what you said you were going to do, which is why is it so hard (laughs) to do what you say you're going to do? Girl, my 10 year old has so many troubles with that. He has so much distrust in himself Mm. over like the small things, but I think that's kind of where it begins. You know, things like, why can't I remember to brush my teeth in the morning without my parent telling me to Aww. like he gets he gets really mad at himself over that. And I'm like, OK, look, dude, you're 10. Like, don't worry <laughs> about just, it. Your yeah, mind is in another place. Yeah. And he puts so much um, shame on himself. Mm-hmm. And as a parent, it's interesting. And I think a lot of people in our lives, like externally, could probably see that. And I ourselves like I could. I know that my husband can see it in me when I'm like shooting all over myself. <laughs> but with my kiddo being a mom, I, I don't know, you just you have a different set of tools and lens when you look at your kiddos and what they're going through. But it's caused me to look at myself with a lot more understanding mm-hmm. <laughs> and a lot more like, look, tomorrow's a new day. Like tomorrow's a new day. But it also makes me go, you know what? Like, I struggle with that too. Did I teach that to them? Like, mm-hmm. Did I inadvertently teach that to them? And it's, it's just, it's, I'm, I don't necessarily have an answer for how to be a mom to a kid who has that because I am very much in that same place where it's hard to talk about because I don't have that beautiful story wrapped up in a bow of like, this is what happened and this is what I did and this is where we are now. It's like, no, this is, this is where we are. Like we've got yeah. a kiddo who's got feels deep amount of shame over something mm. that shouldn't be like you don't don't put and no that on and yourself. it's not it's not perpetuated by you, you know it's not something that you're continuing to like a lot of well, I feel like a lot of I've shame, had to check myself to make sure shame, that I'm not uh, absolutely I think we all do <laughs> because we project things onto our children, mm-hmm. um but yeah I think that that's that's so hard I think we don't realize how much shame we place on ourselves um you know through whatever it is like a thought loop that we just can't get out of or yeah you know yeah that guilt it's that whether like i for for me like my story with this has started from distrust and how i talk to myself mm. from when i was at a young age and it was like 
that internal loop of that internal um, dialogue was so harsh and negative from a younger age. And um, I'm kind of fortunate that my mom went through a journey too when she was an adult of trying to retrain her. She she started with learning about neuroplasticity for Mm -hmm. her because she was just like mm -hmm, reparenting. And there wasn't like a nice like it was it was really just like how to how to retrain your brain was basically was what they were called it back in the 90s. And um, my mom could see patterns in me when I was a senior in high school after going through a really stressful like social situation and I started having like physical symptoms. I started having like horrible heart palpitations. Like, I mean, the anxiety was through the roof and she went, you know, okay, I think we're going to have this conversation of how we talk to ourselves. Cause like I wasn't any physical danger, but I was creating this dialogue in my head that was causing my body to be in this constant fight or flight. And I didn't trust myself while I was in that situation because there, there was a lot of like, did I create that? Am I, am I imagining things that I like, who am I? Like, you know, and so she gave me this book to read and as a chapter and if I if I can find the book it's it's like an old school book I think and it was about how we talk to ourselves in the morning it was like creating that habit first thing in the morning of like today's gonna be a good day I'm gonna do the best I can and I'm gonna forgive myself if I can't if I have a hard day I'm you know and it was all about like and it was like a very literal like sentence structure that before your feet hit the ground in the morning and that was kind of the beginning of my journey of like realizing what I was creating for myself that self-trust and it's been a very long journey since then I mean it's been it's been 20 years since I kind of started that and uh, it's probably only in the last five to seven years have I really felt like kind of a lightness about how I view myself instead of this heavy I can't think of a better way to put it and I think that if you're in the beginning of this journey and you want to create more self-trust just know that this is this is a this is a long haul you know and it's constant. like your whole life <laughs> yeah and it's constant and circumstances change and I mean having children definitely like caused yeah. me to like look at myself a little differently and you know so I think there's there's, but there's such a beautiful part to it because now I'm in this place where I have so much more self-compassion that when I'm working on self-trust, because I feel like self-compassion and self-trust can be, they can work together, but they're, for me, it's been that they are a little different. Definitely. Because like, I have tons of self-compassion for myself. I have tons of, but it took me starting that whole, like, how do I talk to myself? thing and now I'm in that state of like how can I create self-trust how can I create that opportunity to do what I say I'm gonna do but gosh dang if I don't want to do it that day if I'm just not feeling it and like learning about cyclical like how as women we're kind of cyclical creatures that has fed into my self-trust absolutely because self-trust is for me is not just I'm gonna write a to-do list and I'm going to do it that that is not work no it's building off of leaning into your intuition and your body's intuition and not trying to like force yourself into either a particular activity or a timing that that doesn't work for you and your body like you guys go read the do less book from Kate Northrup please that was kind of that was kind of eye-opening yeah (laughs) 
that put words into what I was already feeling and it helped me understand how to find more resources and learn more about it because she put words to it that I didn't know existed. It was like I was looking for it. I was looking for that. What does it mean to allow myself like learning about how I am affected, how my how my energy is affected by my cycle was like mm-hmm. huge for building self-trust because I what what was that? August I read the book and I listened to it in August and since then I feel like I'm finally finding a groove for what I want to accomplish because I I want to I want to I love accomplishing things yeah but it's felt yucky for a few years <laughs> it's like it's not felt good until kind of recently and I think I've because I've been learning so much about self-trust and how I the, you can't have self-trust if you don't know yourself mm-hmm. but there's also different categories like you're having that self-trust with with food and you know I'm having the self-trust with like intuition because I I haven't trusted my intuition for a while now it's like or I partially trust it mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I haven't been leaning into what that means and like leaning into how I'm feeling and Um, Because that dictates so much of my life. It dictates my business. It dictates my relationships. It dictates my accomplishments. It's like kind of like it feels like a duh when I look back on it. Mm -hmm. But I think that's why we spend so much time talking about this stuff on the podcast and mindset. And it's just been pretty revolutionary for me. This is the work to do. True. True. Right? (laughs) Cultivating self-trust, leaning into your intuition, trusting your body, trusting your mind, creating trust between your mind and your body, like having self-compassion, finding your routine, showing up for yourself, showing up for your family. Like that is the work, period. Mm -hmm. Done. Period. That's the work, you know? And it's it's just going to keep coming. And this is where, you know, like I didn't really, I mean, I, I knew how important the body intuition piece was when it came to like tracking my cycle and knowing what that means for me. But it, I, it was easy for me to, to get out of that, you know, and get back into just get shit done all the time mode. Yeah. Um, and not really like worrying about what needs to get done where within the month, uh, more so like looking at it from a week to week rather than a month to month, which is what needs to happen is like a full view of the month and planning and going from there. And it wasn't until like we entered into this quarantine situation that I leaned back on that tool. And I was so glad Same. that I had it because I was, I, I didn't get forced into it necessarily, but I thought, wow, okay, now I'm really going to have to be plugged into my intuition to know when to work on these projects because I'm in an, I'm in an interesting place where I've got the kind of support where I could work all the fucking time. Yeah. I could work all the time and I can't, right? I have to step away. I have to be part of the family. I have to do the things, but it's easy for me to get stuck in a task and not let go of it or feel like I have to get a certain amount done. And, and one of those pieces of self-trust and body intuition is like stopping for the day. That mm, sounds so crazy, but one of the like most important things when you have a business that you work from home um, or you are working your job from home right now in this quarantine situation, you have to have a stop time where you are turning off your devices, you are not answering messages or texts anymore. Like I, I mean, when I shut off for the evening, I'm like shutting off socially and professionally Mm -hmm. when I'm on top of it. Mm -hmm. And I, um, have not been doing that. (laughs) Like it just 
to be super real. It's yeah. been really hard to have a shut off time. I'm able to shut off my work mostly, but I haven't been shutting off like the messages piece. And that's kind of the next step is working that back in. But yeah, it's I amazing like- how I, I think building out these kinds of tools are so important. And then you get to like bring them right back out of your toolbox when you need them. Yeah. And it's okay that we've kind of found our way away from it. But now we know how to find our way back, you know? Yeah. And I have found through this that there's, a, because I've also added team members to my team that I've been onboarding and helping them and they've got different hours than I do. Yeah. And so I've had to be okay with shifting my business hours a little bit, but that means that I need to be more cognizant of, okay, I'm going to do that this week, but next week I'm not going to do that. Or I'm going to go back to that that schedule that I know works for me or works for my family energetically, you know, or in some instances for me, because like, man, you guys, my, my laundry pile is astronomical because that's like one of the tasks in my house that gets put on the back burner. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, I can tell by how big my laundry pile is by how much I've been dipping into my personal time or my family time with tasks. You know, you know what I mean? And I can tell that I'm not giving enough room. And so I'm trying this new thing where if I'm carving out more business time one day in the evenings, per se, for whatever reason, then I'm taking those hours away from working like in the following days mm-hmm. somewhere, like trying to like step back a little bit. And so it's been um, I've only been able doing it for like two weeks, but it's been so much better because you if you take on more business hours then you kind of need to like give back a little bit somewhere else because yep. you only got so many time so much time in the day so I mean that's been working pretty well for me I mean besides like business tasking and um working in this program and things like that I know that one of your goals this year was to kind of find that childlike joy <laughs> How's yeah that this is like Again, let's just keep saying the bandaid has been ripped off. Yeah, when you asked me, you asked me earlier about like, what are you doing daily? I didn't even answer your question about finding I joy. You're like, I know. I know. That's why I'm coming back to it. This is an on-air <laughs> therapy session. Um, I, you know what? It's been, that bandaid was ripped off too. And I realized that I wasn't doing those things, that I had let those things go. Both practicing, um, trying to learn playing guitar and then dancing as well. And so I have picked both back up gently, gently picked it back up. Um, So my husband and I have worked out a schedule where he's dropping off little man in the morning or pardon me, I'm dropping off little man in the morning and he's picking him up. And so there's Mm. like a solid hour between like the 20 minute drive and the time he spends at my mom's house in the evening that like I have that hour to myself to look just ridiculous while I'm dancing or yes. whatever. Oh, I'm so and happy have the house to I myself. Like, I have to like kick people out of the room. I'm like, do not come. I don't care how cool the music sounds. Do not come down here. Okay. <laughs> this is okay. my dance time. Okay. This is my dance time. Yeah. So I've been using that Steezy app. I'll link it in the show notes for everybody. But it's, it it's like so cool. Hip hop dance. Um, and you can like learn a routine. And so I've been like bebopping between that and TikTok to like TikTok. learn little, to yes. learn little dance routines. <laughs> yes, yes, and yes. it's been really fun. And I like, and again, this is like really recent. It's not like, oh, I completely evolved the moment we went into quarantine and decided <laughs> to get into this beautiful workout routine. And mm-hmm. no, no, like Josh heads out and I usually like, 
I don't know, lay my ass on a couch and just like do nothing for an hour, which sometimes is what I need as far as my body is concerned. But lately I've been like, no, okay, do the dancing, do this during the hour where they're not here. So you can look like a fool. And, and I'm like, I'm a good dancer, but it's still as you're learning learning curve. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And getting back into it too. And like getting the rhythm of like having the quick movements and everything. I swear the first time I learned like a TikTok dance, like the savage TikTok dance, I was just like, what are you even looking like right now? (laughs) What is happening? (laughs) And how do people, and why do they videotape themselves doing this? Well, (gasps) do you guys want to know the secret? This is what people do. You do a duet with the person and you slow it down. Yep. Completely. And then you do the dance slower, probably still feels fast to you. And then you speed up your own video and post it. Yep. That's, this is what people are doing. This is why people's videos look, they kind of look like they're sped up a little bit, but you can't really look, tell. Yeah. They look more just sharp. Not, not jerky. Uh-huh. They just look like, yeah. Yeah. And you're like, yep. oh, okay. So that's the I trick see. for us, us above 30 millennials who are... <laughs> on tiktok it's slow the dance down do it and then speed your video up so i really think that there is a thing called choreography brain i really do because when i got into hula um as an adult and i did it professionally for a while the first six months i literally i I had to learn 32 dances it is one thing to like be proficient at dance like just freestyle dancing but Mm -hmm. like choreography is hard Yes. And and there's a certain like synapse situation that's happening in your brain. I'm sure of it. I don't know this scientifically, you guys, but right. And there's this pathway. Yeah. Cause like, I will say it took me a solid six months of feeling like an absolute beginner, like idiot when I was in class and all these girls I was dancing with were like veterans and they were just beautiful. And I was just like, I'll get there someday. I'll do it. I'll get there. And so like, if you want to do this, like be okay with looking like a fool for a solid like six months like a long time which by the way feels very vulnerable to me and awful and i don't like it which is why i like to do it when nobody's here yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) which only happens for one hour a day (laughs) and guess what if you put it down you end up losing it and you have to be a beginner again you know it's like i hate i hate that i think one of my biggest pet peeves is being a beginner at something i was previously very proficient at or like kicked ass at (laughs) crossfit's in the same category you know all like weightlifting and stuff it's all in this especially when it's physical that's like yeah so anyways i'm just like i'm in the thick of a lot of vulnerability right now like it's kind of i'm giving myself a vulnerability hangover every day by just doing the things that cultivate self-trust and all of that and I you know what I I think I talked about this I'm pretty positive I talked about this last year on the podcast when we came back from the brave fear or when I came back from the brave fear retreat in Texas and we did all that vision work and one of the things that that we did in like the a vision exercise is like someone walking you through like basically like your future a biography of your future self so like where are you? What are you doing? How do you feel? What are you smelling? You know, those kinds of things. What are you tasting? What are you seeing? All that kind of stuff. And like the future vision and biography was really like, I I did this recently because it's part of my daily journaling practice, which is again, a huge mindfuck in the best way. It's, it's great, (laughs) but it's something that as I built that out, I started to write it out and I, I wrote this on my visions work for last spring, 
literally probably exact same timing right like Mm -hmm. exact same timing and I wrote it on there last spring and I wrote it again and it was you can have this right now and it was what's your ideal day like that was the the question it was what's your ideal day and obviously with the caveat of like I don't get my social time with my people right yeah but what's your ideal day as far as like work and family and your own life and your own routines and things like that like what does that look like for you and I got to like spell it out and just write, you can have this right now. Ooh. And, and, you know, like the dancing, that's part of it. Like the dancing yeah. and the playing, like practicing guitar. And anytime I do vision work, like it's 90% personal and 10% professional. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree with you. And that I was always, weird ex- for me. I always expect it to be a hundred percent professional. Yeah. Same. But I, I got some goals, yeah. but man, vision means like, what do you want your life to look like? And to yeah. me, like, I just want to build out a beautiful, a beautiful personal life, you know, with my family. Yeah. And yeah. So anyways, yep. I feel all that 100%. to say. Yeah. Um, well, give us some updates on what's happening with like Jenny B. Beauty. I know you're working on a bunch of projects yeah. and we need to tell people what is up with business. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, for for me right now, it's I want to do e-courses. Yes, yes. <laughs> I've been wanting to do it for quite some time. I have a lot of you guys asking and in a very polite way, nobody's being mean, but everybody's <laughs> being like, can you so, just get this done already? Yeah. In quarantine. In a, in a, oh yeah, I know. And nobody's asking me to get it done right this second. But however, people are like, so is this still on your radar? Because I'd really love to have that knowledge too, because a lot of. I I even had this conversation with somebody over Voxer this morning was I don't really realize what is not common knowledge when it comes to skin. That's just like a practitioner thing anyway. I mean, that's like me coaching someone on on how much water to drink. Like we think that that's common knowledge. Like, of course, you know how much water. No, people do not know how much water to drink. They don't know to add a pinch of salt to their water. Like those kind of little things. It's so easy. Like you're a very proficient practitioner when it comes to skincare and skin yeah. health and skin structure and like whenever we do product interaction yeah and i mean there's yeah. a huge reason why i mean obviously when it comes to beauty counter we get incredible training resources from headquarters like absolutely wonderful but everyone always wants to know what does genevieve <laughs> have to say about it because you have this other yeah. nuanced thing and a way of explaining it that feels less clinical and more relational, but you also are delivering that clinical information. So you have, you have a huge gift when it comes to communicating those things and doing that well. It's taken um, years to acknowledge that. I know. I know. Cassie's like, I know. I know. I want to take your <laughs> courses too. So, I mean, that that's what I want. Um, I mean, I even wrote out two years ago, I wrote out a production schedule for video to do this and that's when I started to really hit walls that's when I really started to hit um proverbial walls of like why can't I get this done why can't I do this there was tons of hang-ups that I didn't realize were there and um I just I I was I felt like I couldn't and I don't I didn't know why mm. and it was like well if if only I had this and if only I had that or could do this or then I would do it. And I think those kind of statements can be very um, limiting and it's just a huge limiting belief moment of like, I can do this. Like I can absolutely do this. So for me, this is turning into um, kind of 
I understand the what behind what I'm trying to accomplish with this. And so now I'm really leaning into the how uh, because there's so much of the how I'm going to accomplish this that I don't quite understand. And that was part of my limiting belief. And I, I have a tendency to hold myself to these really crazy standards that is not necessary. <laughs> you know, it's just absolutely not necessary. And to be honest, like because I want to hold myself to those standards, I have a tendency to hold back starting. And so I'm I'm putting myself in this place of just like uh, more of like, I want to do this. I want to do this. So instead of like, I have to do this or I need to do this Mm. or it's like because that also kind of like stops me a little bit. So I'm just spending a lot of foundational efforts, like learning about the platforms that I want to be on, um, kind of deciding the execution of it. And um, really just I'm going to right now (laughs) I'm actually creating a resource that I'm going to send out um, that's going to be a little like survey questionnaire to help me understand more about what would be helpful for people (laughs) and I I, because I think data in this information this situation could be really helpful for me uh, because I've been doing this such a long time I don't quite know what's super helpful for people so be on the lookout for that and by the time this airs I should have that questionnaire available so you guys can check it out in the show notes yeah we'll throw a link in the show notes for you guys and if you don't have it we'll just send them to your email list and you can share it that way so yeah yeah. yeah, so that's kind of what I'm doing with Jenny B is like, I really want that educational resource out there. I want people to be able to engage in how to how to know what I know. So that's awesome. That's what I want. Yeah. What, yeah, what about you? It. Like, where are you at? Like, I know that you've um, you just started to get this groove going. <laughs> yeah, I started to get my blog groove going and then it got kind of thwarted for, I mean, mm-hmm. a solid three weeks. We had little man home with us before we got to kind of enter back into the normalcy of of uh, child care in April. So it's been a really nice few weeks to have that regularity and kind of get back on track. But um, I have a tendency to lean into, again, the areas of my business that are paying me versus the areas yeah. of my business that aren't paying me yet, but I you know, obviously need to build out. And yeah. so um, I'm kind of getting back into my groove with blogging. Okay. And I will have, um, well, definitely by the time this episode airs, I will have several cake recipes up on the blog. Oh my, my gosh, that's going to make my life so happy. Fudgy chocolate cake with <gasps> chocolate Swiss meringue buttercream. It's actually going up the day we're recording this. It'll go up today. Um, And then the I have like a classic birthday cake. That's like a yellow cake with with the same chocolate Swiss meringue buttercream. And then my carrot cake will be up soon. That's one that'll be a little bit longer. And, you know, it was one of those things like, of course, I was hoping to time it around Easter, but life happens. And, you know, I just had to kind of adjust course and, and be like, Pandemic you know what? Happens. People make carrot cake, not on Easter all the time. I'm one of them. So yeah, it was, yeah. it was one of those things where obviously ideally content calendar wise, that wasn't quite where it needed to be. Um, and that's really what got put on the back burner was the carrot cake. But you guys, this carrot cake, it will make someone it's good all time. <laughs> who hates carrot cake, love carrot cake. It is also obviously gluten-free and you will not know that it's gluten-free and it's awesome. Oh, that's the best. That's <laughs> so the best. anyways, yeah, I'm really excited to have some of those like core, some of my core recipes up on the site. And that's Signature. kind of my goal over the next couple of months is to like really build out a lot of like the brunch basics recipes. I'm doing a lot of teaching on like properly preparing eggs. And I know that sounds like so simple. Like people are like, I don't need to know how to do an egg. I'm like, y'all do not know how to poach an egg. Like, can yeah, you just be no, real? I would, I would. poach an egg. A poached egg is like, it's like 
liquid butter. It's so good Ugh, if you do it's it like right. Gravy. Nature's it's gravy. It's so good. Nature's gravy. Uh, egg yolk is nature's <laughs> gravy. I love that so much. So, you know, so much of what I'm trying to accomplish over there is like really building out the basics and not just like the basics, but the basics for like a, a you know, a knowledgeable home chef to be able to see, you know, how they can kind of take their skills to the next level um, mm-hmm. without being too fussy about it you know? And so I'm really excited. So lots more cakes so coming cool. to the blog, lots more brunch stuff coming to the blog. Oh, that um, just seems like you. That's, a, that's Yeah. Cassidy. I mean, that's me. I'm, br- I'm brunch cake. Yeah. It's me. Brunch and cake. And so if you guys want to be in on those recipes, I'll leave the link in the show notes for you guys to join my email list. Um, and that's going to be the first place that I'll be sharing that information when it gets posted on the blog. And then there'll always be some extra tips in the newsletter. I have I'm working on a newsletter that's like a um, here's how to put together like a proper eggs Benedict and it'll utilize recipes from the website, but we'll also have some other things kind of tied in there. And oh, I know we're so close to lunch. I'm so hungry. I know I'm hungry too. We're recording this <laughs> almost lunch and I've been fasting too. So there's all the more oh. like, let's eat, <laughs> but yeah, so that's, what's coming to the blog. And then you and I have like a really fun announcement. You guys, this we is kind do. of a big announcement. This, this is, a, is, this, this is, is not a big small. deal. Like, yeah. do you want to, do you want to tell them? I do. Okay. This kind of matches up with things that like I want to accomplish. But when we started talking about it, it was like, we need to launch a how to launch a like how to start a podcast course. Yeah, we need that. So we are in the midst of building out a course for you guys on it's happening. Mm -hmm. How to all the nuances of like how to start a podcast, where Mm -hmm. to host, how to edit, like what to do with your intro and your music and how to write copy for your website and what website platforms to use and how to grow your Instagram and all and sorts things of things. Like it's going to be yeah. so juicy and we're so excited to share what we've learned. And we've had so many of you guys as listeners reach out and ask us like, you know, how, how hard was it to start a podcast? Yeah. What do we do? I think a lot of people who listen to podcasts like think to them, especially who own a business and listen to podcasts, think to themselves like, I could start a podcast. Listen, anybody can start a podcast. It, like, in my mind, it was, this would be fun. I would love this. I would have yeah, fun doing and this. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's been a really interesting thing. I think for a lot of people, you know, you start a podcast and just like, you know, from a place of like, okay, I'm a business and I'm going to use this podcast to grow my business. But mm-hmm. for us, it was like, this is like a personal passion project. And yeah. we wanted to have that and have this be a space where we could deliver really valuable and awesome content for you guys and be able to do that consistently. And then it obviously grew into a business growth tool for both of us. And unexpectedly so, for me, I didn't think yeah. of it like that. And it's been an interesting evolution and one that we can kind of speak to and teach you guys about. And so obviously Genevieve is going to head up the audio visual portion of the course, both in the actual, like putting the course out and the teaching. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, And then I'll be doing a lot of the writing and the coaching around it and teaching you guys how to kind of get out of your own way and like, let's do this podcasting thing together. So there's going to be a bit of like mindset stuff mixed in with the practical because we can't not, we have to. Um, part of it. But yeah, we'll we'll keep you guys posted. I'll I'll put a link in the show notes for you guys to join our wait list so that you can get the information as you're gonna want to be on it. Yep, yep. Yep. We're already building out the wait list. We've got I think like fifty people on there already. Yeah. And um who are excited to learn about when we drop this course. And we're really excited to to share it with you guys. So we don't have a launch date yet, not a specific timeline, something we're working on. But as soon as we have that, we will update you guys 
um, on the podcast first. So yeah, you're going to hear more about it as we build it. Cause this is part of my foundational effort of getting me towards my like signature courses, my e-courses that mm-hmm. I want to build is I've wanted to do this for such a long time. I feel like this is like Cassie wanted to do a podcast for such a long time. And then I came along and it was like, let's do it. And it just kind of came together. I feel like it's kind of happening the opposite way with e-courses. I've wanted to do e-courses for such a long time. And it took Cassie being like, we should do this. And I was like, we should do this. Okay. We, we should we do this. talked about it for like a millisecond and decided within like an hour. Oh, that yeah. We we're going to do it. Knowing or, knowing what kind of workload was going into it, it, yeah. it t- for how much work this is going to take, it took very little decision to actually decide we're doing it. <laughs> but that's when, I mean, when you feel those decisions coming in your business, that's mm-hmm. when you know it's the right one that you're just like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. Like, why haven't I done that yet? And that was the conversation yeah. we have. We're like, why haven't we done this yet? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, I mean, to be honest, guys, like this is going to be, uh, this was, is maybe going to be a leg of my business mm-hmm. is um, helping people with podcasts. Like, I mean... I'm, I'm really great with sound and I understand all that stuff. And I did yep. a ton of research before we started this and that was going to be a leg of my business. And so because I've had so many people come to me and be like, how do I do this? And I'm like, this is more than just like, here's a resource. Mm-hmm. Like I, it's like this nuanced of like, Hey, step this, step that, go here, try that, look at this. And it becomes kind of almost like a coaching situation. Well, it's, and it's about philosophy too. I think a lot of yeah. people when it comes to podcasting, you know, they think to themselves, Oh, well, I can start with shitty sound or, you know, okay sound in their mind, but it's probably shitty. Um, with me, because, <laughs> because, you know, they're like, Oh, I, you know, I'll be able to afford better equipment later and, you know, we'll figure it out and whatever. But you and I both are of the mind that and and you definitely drove this home because you really drove the train as far as quality was concerned when Mm -hmm. it came to sound that like your content can even suffer on your podcast. But if your sound is bad, like that's going to keep people from listening. And it's so true. And it's something we've been told. And I can I can um, brag on our podcast because (laughs) I don't do any of the sound editing (laughs) or nor did I find the equipment. But I think, you know, like one of the things that we get feedback most on the podcast, in addition to just like, hey, we love your like real authentic conversation. Number one is how did you get such good sound quality? Like your sound quality is so good, Um, you know, both from like a listener perspective and then from our colleagues who have podcasts, you know, everyone's like, how do you do that? And we're like, well, Mm -hmm. buy some inexpensive equipment, record properly and you'll be fine. (laughs) And so I'm excited because I feel like, you know, so there's so many barriers when it comes to starting a podcast that can pop up for you. Obviously there's a ton of mindset stuff, right? Is there enough space in the podcast community? Aren't there enough health podcasts or wellness podcasts or beauty podcasts or personal development, you know, like whatever it is, like there's already enough, like there's no room for me. There's, you know, the, all of those things that pop up, but even logistically, you know, so many of the blogs that I found who, you know, gave great information on how to start a podcast. The equipment that they linked to was like, by the time you added up like a thousand dollars. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I don't have a thousand dollars to spend on a project that's not going to pay me for a long time. Like I can't, Mm -hmm. I can't do that yet. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, we, you and I had a really like, okay, like we got to be on a budget and find the right equipment. And it turns out like our mics, which are relatively, I mean, very inexpensive, I would say compared to other podcasting mics actually deliver better sound than some of like the six, seven, $800 mics out there, which is amazing to me. Um, and Getting it's counterintuitive. The right equipment. Yeah. yeah. The right equipment for the right purpose <clears throat> yep. really matters. 
it really <laughs> matters um and if you guys are chomping at the bit and like you're already getting started with a podcast or you, things are already in motion or you already have a podcast and you want um some new equipment i'll link the equipment for you in the show notes for sure yeah. but i think you know i'm i'm so excited to deliver some of that practical information but sandwiched in with like our philosophy because it has served us very well in growing yeah. this podcast and agreed we're so excited to share it with you. So anyways, hop on the wait list. We'll share all that info with you. But that's our big announcement for today. Yeah, that's a big one. That's a big <laughs> one. Okay, you guys. Well, thank you for being here. We appreciate you. We see you. We love you. We need your feedback. If you haven't ever done this, yeah. or if you haven't done it in a while, please go <laughs> leave us a review in iTunes specifically. It's the only real place you can leave a review currently, um, even though we're on all the platforms. But please go in and leave us a review on iTunes. It helps, it helps us get seen and noticed in the podcast community. It helps other people find our podcast and get the information that we're delivering that obviously you're finding value because you're listening till the very end of this yeah. episode. Yeah, we see you. <laughs> we see you. So have a wonderful week, you guys. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Rebel Heart Radio. You can visit our website to submit a question at www.rebelheartradio.com. Or you can hop on our Instagram. You can ask us anything. We love to get to know you guys. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a review on iTunes. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode.